one of the great things about pain and hurt in general is that it it deconstructs something in our life and it, it it breaks it it breaks it down and then the beauty of deconstruction is we now have the opportunity to reconstruct something that's healthier and more vibrant and and, and uh, more free It's Brittany Moses, and you're listening to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast, the podcast at the intersection of faith, culture, and mental health, where we get to dive into expert insights and the realities of those with lived experience to help us live more insightful, connected, and wholehearted lives. So sit with us. You're listening to episode 17. Welcome back to the podcast, and thank you for joining me for another episode. Today, we are talking about a topic that has been on my heart for some time now that I've known I've wanted to address on the podcast, and we'll probably talk about various aspects in the future, but we're talking about the subject of church hurt and recovering and healing and maintaining your faith through something that could really cause a a crisis of faith. It's something that I've experienced in my own life along with the stories of others. And hey, let's face it, anytime you have a community of human beings, of imperfect people who come together, that conjoining is going to spark those differences. And sometimes relational conflict and unfortunately may bring out more toxic traits in others, right? Or even in ourselves as relationships really do kind of serve as a mirror or magnifying glass into the true nature of our character. And that being said, while there do exist, right, some cultures in some churches that can be very harmful, there also do exist very healthy, very vibrant um, churches that reflect the gospel of truth, of grace, of love, of redemption, of healing, I have experienced it myself, and so there is redemption even in this human experience of being a believer or being someone who is exploring the faith and is trying to find your grounding in a solid church. So what about that in-between, right? What about that in-between maybe after you've experienced church hurt and moving through that pain, moving through that maybe that anger? Maybe feelings of cynicism and distrust when it comes to leaders, when it comes to the church. Look, these are all very normal feelings to have, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you are always going to be stuck in this place, but it is a normal process of grief. It is a normal process of loss. Uh, You know, scripture says hope deferred makes the heart sick when you have this expectation and that expectation is kind of broken down. These are all natural responses and sometimes it takes time, but it is entirely possible to heal, to reclaim your faith and to live it out in a way that is very beautiful and rebirthed even in a way or even matured. So I say all that to say I have an awesome guest who kind of explored this topic with me and that is none other than Mike Foster. Mike Foster is a best-selling author, speaker, and helps people build strong lives and relationships. His work has been featured on Good Morning America, Fox News, and the New York Times. He lives in San Diego with his wife and two adorable children. 
I just love the simple yet profound and practical ways that Mike breaks down mental health and having an emotional healthy life and a healthy space for relationships online. And so I thought it'd be really awesome to bring up what the context of healthy relationships and healthy spaces in church relationships looks like. So here is my conversation with Mike Foster on healing from church hurt and recovering your faith. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? Doing great. It's it's a pleasure to be here. How is the weather down in San Diego? I'm so <laughs> jealous that I couldn't make it down. We had some fires out here and everything's being taken care of, but um, but yeah. So how's it, how's it going down there? It's it's all good. We I, I really truly believe that San Diego is one of the best places to live, mostly because our weather is pretty wonderful. I was going to say because of SeaWorld, but <laughs> that too. <laughs> SeaWorld and the zoo are pretty great. I, I will have to admit. They are pretty great. It's like my childhood right there. Um, all right. Well, you know, I'm really excited for today's topic. I feel like it's something that's so necessary. Actually, I, we had planned this topic, what, like a month ago, and even between now and that month, I've had a number of people approach me about the topic of church hurt and um, and reconciliation and all of those things. So it's just so timely to be able to have this conversation. Um, but before, before we go into all that, I would love if you could share with us a little bit more about yourself, you know, your background leading up to the work that you're mm. doing and the workshops and the fun therapy podcast, you're doing so many amazing things. I'd love to share that with the rest of the world. Yeah. I mean, bas- basically, you know, I'm, I'm an author speaker, um, but my, my whole, my whole mission in life is to help people build strong lives and strong relationships. And so I do that in a couple of different formats. Uh, I do a workshop called Strongest here in San Diego. It's a two-day workshop where I just help people work through uh, codependency and building healthy habits and dealing with shame. And it's a really powerful two-day experience that love doing. It's kind of like a big group therapy session for two days. Mm, uh, I saw the photos. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty big group. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. We really dig in and, and really go after stuff. And it's amazing what what you can accomplish in two days in people's lives and really create that mm. pivot and shift. And so I'm really love doing that. I have a podcast called Fun Therapy, which uh, is super, super exciting. And it's really just being able to sit with people uh in sort of hold space for them. And we talk about whatever the challenge or whatever the kind of current struggle might be. There's no success stories. There's no, uh, you know, three, three easy steps to an amazing life. It's really just honest, open conversations with authors and leaders and influencers. And it's kind of like you're listening in on a therapy session. And so for really like, for me, it's just having, uh, healthy, honest conversations, and whether that's at the workshop, on the podcast, through my my books, through speaking, whatever it might be, my my goal is to just really crack the door open in terms of helping people uh, deal with with some of the the pain, trauma, and stuff that's going on on below the surface, so they can actually get healthy. 
I love this so much. Let me tell you <laughs> this, like you're speaking right to my heart and I love the just authentic uh, conversations. You know, here we say like bringing real conversations at the intersection of faith and mental health. And I think it's so cool that um, in today's day and age, we can ha- open those conversations up to so many people um, and just all the work you're doing and people you're reaching. It's so needed. And I personally appreciate it and seeing your posts so healing. Um, so, you know, for today's topic, we're talking about church hurt, which man, it can get so dicey because I, there's just so many dynamics involved, you know, um, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally, uh, trust wise. And, you know, I'm just wondering, have you ever had any experiences with church hurt or anyone close to you personally? Oh yeah. I mean, I'll just be, blunt my greatest wounding yeah. in my life has happened through the church uh, and yeah. uh the the great thing about that is yes been incredibly hurt injured wounded like just some of the worst seasons of my life have happened in the context of church and yet yeah i am still hopeful i'm not cynical mm-hmm. about it i'm still participating in it and i think that's the that's the key, because whatever the wherever we're getting, wherever we've been hurt, wherever um, pain has occurred, I think the truth of all of it is that there is hope that it can be repaired and healed, and it's going to look different, and there's going to be new boundaries, and there's going to be yeah. um, ending of certain relationships and shifting of certain things. But at the end of the day, we can we can come back from that, whatever the hurt might be. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I've experienced the same thing and it really is kind of one of the most, one of the most wounding things for me as well. Um, and there is redemption and even going forward with this conversation, I'm so glad that you said, you know, look, I'm not cynical about it because as we're going through this conversation, it's definitely not, it's not about bashing the church. Um, it's not about being cynical. I love the church. I'm, I'm sure you love the church. Mm. I really believe it's the hope of our communities and our world. Um, but anytime you're dealing with people and especially just a large dynamic of people, it can get messy sometimes and, um, just, how to navigate that mess, you know, into something that's still beautiful and redemptive, like you said. Um, And so that being said, you know, say someone who's listening to this has experienced deep church hurt. They're in that wounded period or that transitional period, you know, where they're trying to figure out, you know, where their placing is or their faith feels murky because they've just gone through this experience. Or maybe someone's just kind of been away from the church for a while because they've had a hard time uh, reconciling that wound. You know, how might we create trust again with the church when maybe we feel felt betrayed or manipulated by the same community we expected to feel safe in? And I'm just opening this up conversationally, mm. you know, like, how do we do that? Yeah, I think, you know, first off, we have to just um, be honest with ourselves in terms of uh, the hurt that was caused and what does that look like in our lives. And honestly, have we done the work to begin to heal that in our heart and in our soul? It's hard to go back into something 
especially an environment where that that has a lot of triggers to it it's it's going to be uh you know in some ways if we haven't done the the trauma work around the 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 hurt then yeah. and the grief work around the hurt then it's going to be hard to actually go back into those environments and thrive again and i don't care whatever the environment is whether it's a family right. environment a work environment we are responsible first for doing our inner healing and our inner work before we sort of expect anything to be different in terms of an institution or an organization or a system that we may be going back into. So I'd really encourage number one, whatever it is, um, you know, it deserves your time and energy, uh, therapy, uh, whatever is needed to heal. And healing's a, a really um, messy, uh, zigzaggy kind of long, yeah. no time frame sort of process. And so totally. I, I would just, inv I'd invite that person to say, Hey, you know, that the next step isn't just to go back into the church or go back into the environment. The next step is really to say, okay, where am I hurting? And what, what do I need to have my heart um, be healed before I kind of begin? I, I would say like going back into an environment like the church mm -hmm. or a spiritual community is certainly part of the healing process, but maybe it's step four or five and not step one, two, and three. That's good. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because I feel like for those of us who have experienced it, or I just had this conversation with someone recently, there's like this guilt behind stepping back, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, you're supposed to be in, you're supposed to be rooted, you're supposed to be planted, but you know, it's hard to heal in the same environment that's hurting you. There's a lot of blurred lines with boundaries and, you know, where the offenses are, and, you know. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that, you know what, it's healthy and it's okay to go ahead and take a step back just just to heal, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no shame in that. No, and I think anytime we're feeling guilty or shameful or like we're in a I got to, or I should sort of frame, frame of mind that, that is actually probably detrimental to our actual healing. And so I think, mm -hmm. I think part of this is really giving ourselves a lot of compassion to heal the way we need to heal. And the thing that I believe is that God, God's okay with whatever the pathway is. <laughs> like I look at my own life and I go, well, I actually spiritually connect with God in sort of non-traditional ways you know I I, yeah. I I love nature and I love beauty and and that's kind of when I'm out in um, you know a, a forest or the Sequoia National Park or Yosemite where we went this summer I'm I am having relationship with God there I am communing with something way beyond me and um, that is good for my soul that is good for my heart that is a you know I can I can praise and worship God for that creation that he has made. And so, you know, going to a church building is part you certainly part of our spiritual uh, spiritual expression, but my guess is as you're healing on those steps 1, 2 and 3, there's there's a lot of beautiful spiritual practices and things that you can do. And so don't beat yourself up thinking that all of a sudden you're not spiritual or not religious or you're disappointing God, that that again is really kind of a bad theology, honestly. And to me, the good theology is to say, right now that thing called church building with 
lots of messy people that meet on Sundays is a little problematic for me. Um, I desire to be back in that community. I desire to have that be part of my expression. But right now, I'm going to focus on some different pieces of that expression as I'm healing. And get that guilt and shame off of you. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, You know, and maybe this this next question isn't step one or two. I'm not sure. Uh, It depends on everyone's experience and process. But you know, what might be the best way to approach someone in leadership at church who may have said or done something that may have hurt or offend you? Hmm. Uh, I think that's another part of it is uh, just, you know, for example, someone messaged me not too long ago that, you know, their pastor, their youth pastor said something about anxiety being a sin. And this was something that they seriously biologically struggled with. And it was very hurtful, not knowing how to even approach them and make them aware of that unhealthy context and culture and doing it in a way that is mostly fruitful in the end. Mm. You know, um, what might be a way to approach that for someone who maybe wants to reconcile the situation before totally stepping away. Yeah. And that, that's such a great, great question. I think it's a common problem. Like, and there's yeah. kind of different, there's different aspects of how we're uh, hurt and levels of trauma within the, like that is just a, that statement about mental health is just number one hogwash and number two, yeah. incredibly hurtful and personal uh, to a lot of people. And so what I would, what I'd encourage them, number one is if I have feedback to give and I, I want to engage in, uh, you know, correcting a leader or confronting a leader or coaching a leader, whatever the word we want to use there. Um, I want to make sure that number one, before I'm having that conversation that I've discharged a lot of my anger, a lot of the mm-hmm. the stuff that may be churning and swirling around me before I actually have that conversation. I think we also, within all of this, we have to really begin to understand because certain statements like that, I would hear something like that and go, I am just completely out of alignment with this particular leader and what they're saying. Right. Like something like that and something so kind of brash and uninformed means, okay, all of a sudden... Maybe he's not a because leaders need followers, and all of a sudden I'm gonna I can make a decision that I'm no no longer following that. Um, I could also put my energy into correcting, trying to correct the leader, and I think that's appropriate too. Just say, hey, listen, mm-hmm. FYI, that's that's poor theology, and that's that's just blatantly incorrect. And you could go that pathway too. You may not change the leader's mind. You may not change uh, their opinion about certain things. They might point to some other thing in the Bible that says, well, here's why I believe that. And that to me is a pathway, a certain pathway. But I think another pathway is just say, you know what, that, that doesn't work for me. And there are other leaders and there are other individuals that believe something different about mental health and what it means and um, that it isn't a sin. And those are the people that I'll follow. But I think that's the thing where it gets kind of tangled up in our mind is we are so loyal and we're so uh, sometimes enmeshed with certain people in authority that we feel like um, 
this is our only option. And I'd like to encourage always like there's so many amazing voices out there and 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 leaders in the church who don't who don't uh, uh subscribe to a lot of you know hurtful damage. I think there's a lot of churches honestly that shame people mm-hmm. that that are yeah. are in the guilt business and in the control business. There's a lot of churches that are out there that are like that. I don't particularly I don't I don't attend those churches. I don't listen to those leaders. I don't I don't participate in that type of community. And I'd also like to say the reverse side of that is there's a lot of churches that are based in radical grace and love and healing and truth telling, but truth telling about like what life is really like and not just kind of this sliver of, you know, a, a Bible verse about what life is really like that mental health is a sin or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, and so I, I, I would say to this, like anytime we're hurt, we have to empower ourselves. We, in, in, it's sort of like forgiveness, you know, it's like forgiveness is for me. It's not for the other person. I, it doesn't mean that it's going to fix the relationship. It's like, right. that's for you as an individual. So you can continue to grow and thrive and move on. And so I, I guess I just encourage anybody's, Thinking about confronting a leader, feel free to do that. Just to simply correct bad, bad content. Um, but you yeah. you have no um, you have no uh, duty to follow a leader like that. I'm so glad that you touched on all of those things. For one, thank you. Um, you know, especially about uh, you know, kind of letting the anger and venting the emotions out first. Right. Um, like mm-hmm. even writing down, like, okay, this is how this made me feel, right? Like these are the points that I'm feeling convicted about that I don't feel easy about. And this is why. Cause I think we even just have a hard time understanding the process of our own emotions. So being like you said, just being able to process those out first and then bring it to them if you go that pathway in a very kind of just, you know, in a very straightforward way. You know, um, we can still handle it in grace, but just saying, hey, you know, these are the things that you you said. I don't feel easy about this. Or like you said, correcting it. Like, I I thought I would maybe give you some more insight on anxiety Mm -hmm. because it seems like there might be a misunderstanding here. So I really love that. Just getting out the emotions, jotting down everything, and then bringing it to them with a clear conscious sort of thing. And like you said, sometimes we're so loyal and we feel shame and guilt for not being so loyal. Or in my case, it was mentioned that, you know, it's kind of a, you're in a form of rebellion or, or falling away when you're not <laughs> in right. alignment with this person, you know, and then you're feeling like something's wrong with you. And so, but you don't have to, like, you don't know, you know, you are loyal to Jesus Christ <laughs> And people are flawed, and you don't have to subscribe to when things go astray. Yeah, you know exactly. And that's very freeing. That's very freeing. I think I, to mention. That. I, I'm I'm loyal to truth. I'm loyal to love. I'm I'm loyal to um, those types of things. I'm not loyal to nonsense. <laughs> I'm not loyal to <laughs> silliness, um, you know, and I'm not loyal to denial either. Like, I, I think a lot of times, you know, I'm not, I cannot, uh, part of my work and part of what I do is to help 
lift people out of environments of denial. And whether that's an organization, a leader, an individual, I mean, we have to like step back from this stuff and whatever is sort of being thrown at us, said to us, whatever we're believing, we actually, it is our responsibility and that's on us to actually get curious about that stuff and go, is that really true? Why do I, why am I putting time, energy, resource into this particular leader or this particular theology or this particular belief that maybe I even, that I have about myself? Why, why would I invest there versus saying, you know what, I'm going to invest in love. I'm going to invest in truth. I'm going to invest in health. That's where I believe our energy should go. Like I, I am one of those people who have been hurt in in the institution of the church by church people. And let me tell you, I there's a lot of people who spend the, their lives trying to change the church. I'm not I'm not one of those people. I have zero interest in trying to change the church. I'm just trying to change people who and and, and to invite people into healthy living and thriving and freedom and all those sorts of things. And so I think sometimes we go against these institutions or these these ideas that are entrenched in leaders who they be- have believed this their entire life, and we think it's our responsibility to change that belief. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time there. I'm going to go build something beautiful. I'm going to go get get around people and find a church community that that's in alignment with who I am and what I want for my life and what I see happening in the world. I I hear you on that. In and in doing that, you are kind of as a byproduct, you know, changing the church community Absolutely. by investing in these people, by investing in these individuals that make up the church cuz I mean the church is made up of people, not a building. Right. <laughs> So I completely, I completely agree with that. And it's and, so much more you know, fun too, it. by the way, Brittany. Like it, there's it just so much more joy in that versus yeah. beating your head against the wall, trying to change right. an institution or a leader that just honestly doesn't get it. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, we're going to get right back to the conversation because trust me, I know you'll want to hear the whole thing. But I quickly wanted to share with you this exciting new partnership I have with BetterHelp. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. One of the questions I get asked a lot are how you can go about starting therapy. A number of you are located around the country and even around the world. And as helpful as I often like to be, sometimes I find myself limited in being able to provide the one-on-one resources that you need. Well, I'm happy to say that one option I can share with you today is BetterHelp's online therapy and counseling services with licensed mental health professionals. Since I know a lot of you guys want more faith-based counseling as well, I'm even more excited to share that they also have another service called Faithful Counseling, which has licensed Christian therapists and counselors who are certified by their state, where you can receive licensed counseling using your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. So I use BetterHelp Therapy. I've been using it myself, and it's been super convenient, you know, between school, work, and really just having someone to check in with on a regular basis has been so important for my own mental health. So what happens is when you sign up, you'd be matched with a counselor in 24 hours or less, and you can securely message your counselor anytime, any day, you know, day or night, and get replies within 24 to 48 hours. 
BetterHelp also has group in our sessions every week where you can learn in groups directly from licensed counselors on multiple topics like relationships and ways to overcome anxiety. Uh, I also found out that financial aid is available for those who qualify and you can apply for financial aid during the signup process. Hello. Additionally, listeners of the Faith and Mental Wellness podcast like you get 10% off of their first month using my specific link in the show notes below. And like I said, I know a number of you are around the world. BetterHelp is available worldwide. And if you want to get started and get matched with a counselor within the next 24 hours, I have links to both BetterHelp and Faithful Counseling in the show notes. I should mention that it is not a crisis line, okay? If you are experiencing a crisis, I have a link to all the crisis lines by country in the show notes as well. Check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. So that being said, what do you believe are some characteristics of a healthy church community? Because like I said earlier, we're not bashing, right? Just like with anything else, there's some good stuff, there's some messy stuff, and it, it you know, God can make it all beautiful in between. But there are also some really healthy, great churches that I've even experienced. Um, what would you say are some healthy characteristics? Yeah. If someone's looking. Well, number one, I, I think... You know, are they telling the truth from the platform? I think that's that's a pretty big right. one for me. And what I mean by that is, um, and and let me be completely frank. I I am a member of a church uh, here in San Diego. I'm on the teaching team. Like I am in. So like I I and and when I and I speak on those platforms and I go, you know what? My responsibility here is to tell the truth and not to be a spokesperson for God. Right. You know, or to like pretend that this is the way life works when really it works a completely different way. Um and so and one of the ways that I think we can do this and this is where it, one of the things I teach at the strongest workshop is uh listen to your body. When you hear things from the stage, when you um hear certain principles or certain theology things put out there, don't don't let your mind engage it. Listen to your body. And if your body if your body reacts negatively to something that's being said, like for example, the when when you talked about that individual where the pastor said mental yeah. health is a sin. Okay, that that intellectually is is misaligned in my mind, but that's going to hit my body in a certain way where I know that's right. not true. And so, you know, being a good um uh, follower means you're you are curious. You're listening to your response to what's being said. Like I, I think people are so smart and so intuitive and and really brilliant. And, and so, like when you hear something and when somebody says something that is not true or maybe watered down truth or a silver lining truth, <laughs> silver lined truth, right. Hype, right. a hype truth, all that, you kind of go- Blanket statement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can kind of know that, um, you know, that's not, that's not real. That's not really true. And so what I'd say, and, and listen, all of us are going to, it's not, we're, nobody's going to get pure 100% organic yeah. truth from the platform. But if you, if you sense like, hey, there's a lot of like, out of alignment here. My body's responding to things that I'm hearing that just I'm I'm not agreeing with. It sounds right, but I know it's not right. 
um, or it it feels like everybody else in the in the audience is nodding to this, but I don't. I'm not right. Uh, right. feeling the same way. Like that's okay. And and so I'd say truth is really important in terms of a healthy church community. I think um, love uh, and uh, radical right. acceptance I think is a big. That's that, and again, I'm going to give you probably what I want in a church and what I desire mm-hmm. in a church community. But this idea that no matter how messy we are, no matter what's going on in our stories, that we can be a part of this and we have a have a role to play, and that there isn't this expectation that we got to come in and and have our act together and be you know saying the right things, doing the right things. I think if it's not if it doesn't feel a little messy in the community, then it's probably not your community. It's probably, it's, I would say it's not it's the community pro- I want to be a part of. It's probably not real. It's probably yeah, not real. Yeah. There's a lot, probably a lot of <laughs> fear, a lot of control, a lot of religious stuff that probably is going to feel a little heavy yeah. in your life. And so probably don't sign up for that one. And I think too, you know, I, you know, there's certainly, we're telling the truth. There's radical acceptance. There's a lot of radical love. But I also think there's just a sense of that, that it's, it's beyond, um, our contribution to the world and our lives and our stories is beyond us in terms of, I, I hope we're doing something for others. I hope we are involved yeah. in giving back, that we are, uh, that that is always sort of in the DNA of a community of believers, that we're looking for ways to influence not just our church or the people that sitting next to us in in the pew or whatever, but we're influencing our neighborhoods. We're influence, influencing mm-hmm. our schools. We're we're sort of outward focused and not not inward focused. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing those. Those are great. Uh, and alongside that, you know, just kind of in closing with my question, because I, I feel like I could. Add, we could talk about so many things around this. There's so many dynamics. You know, how do we, how does one maintain their love for God and the church in spite of its messy occurrences? Because I think that there are many of us who have gotten to a point where we're just like, I don't want to deal with any of this. Like, mm. this is, this is messy. This is, you know, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of judgment going on or having some of those experiences and just be like, I really don't want any, I don't want to deal with any of it. Um, and sometimes that causing a wedge between our relationship with God, yes. you know, um, the two just kind of interweaving. And so, you know, you're, you're, like you said, you're in this, you're in this wonderful church and serving and I, I'm in this really great church, although we've experienced these messy things, you know, how do we, how do, how have you maintained your love for God? How does someone maintain that authentic love for God and reconciliation with love for his body in spite of the mess. Yeah. One of the the great things about pain and hurt in general is that it, it deconstructs something in our life and it, it, it breaks it, it breaks it down. And then the beauty of deconstruction is we now have the opportunity to reconstruct something that's healthier and more vibrant yeah. and 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 uh, more free. And I think that has certainly ha- happened in my own story. Where I think for way too many years of my life, there was a particular faith, theology, belief in God, relationship with God that 
was based in fear and based in control and trying to always do the right things and not messing up and, you know, all that kind of stuff that mm. honestly is just not the heart of God at all. Um, and it was through the pain and the hurt and my own brokenness that all that stuff got deconstructed. It got broken down. And I was actually yeah. able to choose a faith that was more genuine. It was simpler. It was um, clearer. It was lighter. And, and, and I think that honestly, you know, you should, there, when we get hurt in the church, when we get hurt in spiritual environments like that, you know, we should, we should be angry at God. We, I mean, that's a, that's an appropriate emotion. We should be angry at the church. We should be angry at God, all that. And, and so like, God, and God's okay with that. Like do that work, do that anger work, do that um, grief work of losing something that I thought mm-hmm. church was supposed to be this. And then I'm finding out that it's not this. And that's, so we got to grieve that something has died. Right. A belief about the church has died. And, and, with the with the death, and anytime we have deconstruction or death in our life, we have the ability to resurrect something, I think, so much healthier, so much more beautiful. Yeah. And so my relationship with God, I got to be honest, it's very, very simple. It's very, very um, uh, uh, singular in, in sense of, yeah. of, I don't, I'm not interested in religious stuff. I'm not interested in, honestly, all the theological arguments. I'm not... I, I if I if I have a theology, it's just like I want to do whatever Jesus did, and that's about it. I mean, I like Paul, I like the other books of the Bible, I like all that <laughs> stuff, you know. But I'm generally just trying to do what Jesus did, and I'll, I'm going to start Told there. Me to do. Yeah, I'm just yeah. starting there. Can we start with the basics. I'm starting with the <laughs> basics, and honestly, the basics. I believe, you know, really, that's going to take me through the rest of my life. That is going to be right. I'm just going to work on those, and that's good spirituality. And my relationship with yeah. God is very simple. He's a loving God asking for me to enjoy him and enjoy what he has created for me. And um, that's kind of what I'm sticking to. And so I would say anybody's listening to this, um, do the work, do the grief work, mm-hmm. do the, the the wounding work, do the the work to, to release your heart and, and go through all that deconstruction. But know this, yeah. it can be, you can build something incredibly beautiful with God. And it's honestly the very thing that he's been trying to get our attention for probably a very long time. Say, listen, I have something even better than this um, hurtful, you know, mental health is a sin theology, you know, control, fear-based religion. I have something so much better for you, but trust me with it, do the work and um, invite me into to the small places to begin with, and then let them mm-hmm. kind of grow that in our in our hearts and in our, our spiritual walks. Amen. Invite me into the small places. I love that. Let him meet you where you are. Right. Yes. Thank you so much for that. You know, if I would love if you could share how others can connect with you and any of the work that you're doing and all of your fantastic posts and oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to like come to a strongest workshop. Yes, come on down. <laughs> See what's going down. <laughs> yeah, you know, probably the probably the easiest way. You know, I'm I, I'm on Instagram quite a bit. I love Instagram. It's kind of a great way to 
share thoughts and and encourage people <laughs> and and talk about issues of mental health and yeah. and all the things that we just discussed. And so uh, I might uh, my Instagram handle is Mike Foster. 2000 because there's 2000 Mike Fosters out there. Um, but I am Mike Foster 2000 and, uh, my website, which has all the information about the workshop and the pod fun therapy podcast and, uh, the resources, my website's probably the next best, uh, place to go to mikefoster.tv. And on there, by the way, I have a brand new, um, free download called Brain Detox, which is a seven-day oh, awesome. guide to help us kind of declutter our mind and, and help calm our mind from some of the things that tend to churn around in our brain during the day. And so that's a it's a free guide uh, at mikefoster.tv. We will have all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts and just some very healing insight. Definitely follow him uh, if you are along this journey because Mike drops so many healing gems online. That will be a great aid to your journey. So, all right. Thank you so much. Thanks have so much. Enjoy Brittany. the yeah. weather in San Diego um, and have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Until next time. <laughs>